Hi, my name is Richard Pickering and I work at Cushman and Wakefield. Welcome to the 184th edition of Futures Cut, where I offer a review of the role of real estate in a world of technological, uh, social and business change. Today we're talking about vanishing value, the risk of ignored obsolescence. So if you're under 30, you'd be forgiven for wondering what the bright red human-sized boxes are on the high street. Uh, for those of us that are a little bit older, um, these were once a lifeline. Permanently armed with a 20p piece or a scribbled note of the reverse charges number, these were how you called your parents when you got stuck in town. However, such was the speed of mobile phone adoption through the late 90s uh, that the UK's one-time stock of about 70,000 public phone boxes has now dwindled to under 10,000. And most of those that are left um, are used less than once a month or never. So you probably get where this is going. Um, the lesson is that technological shifts can quickly render physical assets obsolete. This should be front of mind for property investors right now, in my opinion. So whilst the direction of structural change has for some time now been obvious to those interested in this subject, the past 12 months has put the vehicle into overdrive uh, and brought the changes to mainstream attention. Five years ago, it was easy for pure play office investors uh, to take part in a little schadenfreude at the expense of retail investors. However, recent events have highlighted the fragility in all sectors for those assets that are misaligned to the changing world. So in today's podcast, I consider the issue of obsolescence in the face of massive change. I look at the sources of obsolescence, um, identify how these can bite into real estate and run through um, some perhaps unexpected consequences before offering some thoughts about how to position for resilience. Obsolescence is uh, described as the quality of no longer being in use, having been replaced by something newer or better or more fashionable. I'm afraid that where there is change, obsolescence is always lurking around the corner. We'll all feel it, its withering touch at some point in our lives. And that might come in throwing away the TV set that costs you thousands of pounds. It might be when your apprentice um, with fresh ideas gets promoted over you. Or it might be when your ex introduces her new boyfriend. It might also be when the property asset you bought has its value marked down. Now, the first examples, I think, are a forgivable part of life. The latter, in my opinion, less so. My sense that is that in real estate, um, investors uh, rarely give proper reflection to the prospect for change and are rarely held accountable when it rears its head. We couldn't have known about the impact of e-commerce. Really? The way that the market works is that the buyer of any openly marketed asset is, by definition, the one that takes least account of the prospect for negative change. And in this, I think we have a systemic problem. Different brackets of redundancy, I think, are more predictable than others. We're usually pretty good in real estate um, at provisioning for physical obsolescence. So on purchase, uh, buyers carry out surveys and create budgets to address uh, issues from uh, life cycle upgrades to remediation costs. Less explored is the rate of redundancy in new technological equipment as buildings start to integrate this more deeply into their design. In the past month, I've spent about £3,000 repairing an electrical fault in my otherwise mechanically perfect car. This is due to a system that didn't even exist 20 years ago and isn't essential uh, to the basic function of getting you somewhere. How long before the same issue starts to apply to buildings? 
Well, to the extent we are cited on such, I think we're also reasonably good at addressing legal obsolescence. And that might, for instance, arise when a building no longer meets a code. Uh, for instance, it now has an unsatisfactory EPC rating. Legislation is usually well trailed by government, and so it gives us time to react. But I think we can do a lot better in this regard. I think we all know what the sources of legislation change are likely to be in the coming decade. I'll give you a clue. It's around sustainability. And the answer? Don't buy unsustainable assets or at least not with a big discount to reflect future taxation and code alignment. More difficult to predict uh, is stylistic change. Now, admittedly, that might be superficial or even the tenant's responsibility in, in, in many office assets. However, if you're designing high-end apartments, you absolutely need to nail this. So shifts in the source of capital, is it Russian, Middle Eastern, Far Eastern, for instance, can elicit big changes in the tone of the decor. The solution? will leave your fit-out choice until the last possible moment to limit the change risk. The more challenging changes, however, come from functional and economic obsolescence. This is where, for instance, the form of the real estate is no longer matched to the function for which it was intended. And consequently, it becomes beyond economic repair. So a vanilla example of this comes in the form of some factories. Um, if you built with five metre eaves and the industrial process now ubiquitously operated uh, in this area needs a height of 10 metres, then you're facing de demolition. But what about more nuanced changes? Suppose people used to sit at their desks in an office five days a week and now only need a collaboration space for two days a week. Well, the building might still suit, but what if your competitors are delivering a perfectly matched product and commercial structure? What would that do to your letability? One of the big future sources of risk, in my view, comes from locational obsolescence, i.e. the asset isn't where it needs to be. Now, this relates to the land rather than the improvements on it, but it can critically devalue both. So in the past, transport infrastructure has been a big determinant of this risk. For instance, when the railways bypass settlements, they put um, some trading posts out of business. And when mass car ownership allowed people to travel to out-of-town malls very conveniently, then the high street suffered. So some company and mining towns disappeared entirely when their geographic raison d'etre vanished, leading to total write-down in asset values. The challenge ahead comes through new commuter patterns and the virtualization of travel. Particularly in this, there is risk to city centres where daytime footfall may be lower moving forwards. So what else do we need to be thinking about on this subject? Well, in a world becoming more focused on sustainability, um, there's an issue brewing, I think, in the growing disconnect between physical and economic obsolescence. And through technical innovation, the physical, i.e. the technical life of the buildings, is increasing. Uh, so 250 years for the frame is not unusual nowadays. However, Due to industrial change, the economic life is likely to reduce. Perhaps it's less than 20 years in some cases. The difference between the two creates unsustainable waste. A further nuance of this is that different parts of the building will age at different rates. And because, uh, say, the lifespan of the M&E and the age of the cladding is not coterminous, investors will always end up in a position where either they need to renew a component beyond the economic life of the building, 
or or secondly they need to redevelop when there are perfectly good materials left in the in the building and it's actually worse than this in that the economic life of the components ages in a different way to the technical life so i would stake a guess that modern digital components will become outdated much more quickly than structural ones you know further in a in a mixed use building each sector element will suffer from different rates of economic obsolescence so for example demand for the shop at ground floor might disappear entirely leaving it boarded up and damaging the brand of the rest of the building whereas the long let flat on the top floor might last for a century leaving it difficult to redevelop the offices in the middle and that creates a financial risk so this is a big problem for real estate the product life cycles in our industry are massive compared with other industries. Elsewhere, products become obsolete somewhere between every year, say for instance in the case of a smartphone, to every 30 years, maybe uh, for, for a plane. Meanwhile, in real estate, uh, Cherry Tree Cottage, where I live, has stood for 400 years, uh, with a little bit of modernisation in the meantime. Commercial property recycles much more quickly than residential, but new business models could accelerate this further. Trends towards flexible occupation, modular development, uh, renting fit-out elements as a service, and the circular reuse of materials all provide positive news for the real estate industry and will help to limit the damage associated with change going forwards. If only these represented more than a small fraction of the current market, that is. I come back to the point, however, how do investors account for this now and how should they in the future? Well, a traditional term and reversion calculation assumes that the income will continue at its existing um, level in perpetuity with obsolescence and, and other similar risks implicitly, maybe mythically, uh, expressed in the yield. Meanwhile, a discounted cash flow approach will rarely uh, carry for beyond much more than five years. And in my experience, only really includes items that obviously need addressing in this period, typically physical ones that have been surveyed. Finally, a depreciated replacement cost approach explicitly considers a broader range of deterioration factors, but is so infrequently used in valuing and certainly in lending as to be pretty much irrelevant to this discussion. Perhaps the elephant in the room is that given people's own job lifespan is typically less than five years, it is not in the interests of those making the decisions to raise this debate, but rather to leave it as a problem for others in the future who can readily disclaim accountability. However, for those of us who tend to, intend to be in the same job, perhaps even in the same project in 10 years time, my advice is to start putting greater focus on obsolescence now. Think about which areas carry higher risk and think about how you can manage risk in your contracting structures. If all else fails, think about how you can create a pivot, an option, a new function or a new purpose. The red phone boxes with which I started this discussion still provide a lifeline to many. Over 600 have now found a new use as homes for defibrillators. That's all for today. Um, if you found this interesting, then why not check out our website, futures.cushmanwakefield.co.uk. See you again soon.